Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Of Matthew, if you would, I want to get right into the Word. We had a, a great 9 o'clock service. I think 9 o'clock beat y'all today. Usually y'all beat 11, but 9, nine was packed, pretty packed this morning, so we've got to be, keep that com- competition going. Amen. Well, we're glad you're here, and uh, I want to continue this morning on a series that we started last week on on discipleship, being a disciple. You know, when you say that, a lot of people honestly don't know what that means. Um, You've heard the word, but a lot of people don't truly know what it means to be a disciple, and I I want to get into that. Uh, I've been feeling in, uh, in my spirit, not that this is anything new, because it's been like this forever, but that we really need to make sure that we as believers are disciples. And I, I had a picture. I want to give two things this morning. But I, want, I'm, I had a picture of, of, a, of a worship service. How many have ever seen it? How many have ever been to a concert? Just any kind of concert. Okay, there's, there's, there's different kinds of concerts, different kinds of genres, obviously. But I'm, I want to make a, 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 a vision, a picture for you. Picture one that is a, a concert like uh, for worship. It's, 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 it's a worship concert. People say we're going to go and worship the Lord. There's a stage, there's singers, there's people in the crowd that are worshiping and singing. And uh, the, the words talk about God and talk about holiness and talk about Jesus. And hopefully those words are all great and everything. And, the, and that's the purpose is that they're there to worship and to lift their hands. And sometimes people in that place might not, might not even know God, but they might sing because they see other people singing. And they might say the name of Jesus because other people are saying Jesus but they don't know who Jesus is. Then you go to another concert, and I did this on, on Friday morning at Discipleship with the men, and showed them a concert of, of that singer Rihanna and Eminem. And I didn't play very much of it because we didn't want to hear the cussing of Eminem. But uh, we played a little bit, and it looked very similar to the concert that was for worship. And, I wanted, and I want, I'm not even talking about the lights or how they act. I'm just talking about the fact that people were, were singing. People were looking at the stage. Some people had their hands raised. In the Eminem concert, they were making signs with their hands, but they had their hands raised. And uh, there, there was a worship going on there of something. There was singing. There was participation. And I, I wanted the guys to understand. I want you to understand what you think about this this morning. What's the difference between those two things if the people in the worship concert don't know what they're doing? Because a lot of people in that, in that secular concert don't know what they're doing. They're, they're singing the words along with somebody, and they don't know if that person's involved in the Illuminati, they don't know if that person's a, a satanic, they don't know all these different things that are going on, but in the worship service, how many people in that, if you see a packed place, my question is, how many people have walked out of that place and did not even know who Jesus was? But they raised their hands and they sang the songs because they were moved by emotion. Music moves you. How many know music moves you? And, and the, the picture today of, of the church world around the world is there's a lot of people who say they're believers, but they're not all disciples. There's a lot of people who have converted, but they're not disciples. And that's very important. It's very important that we don't stay on, on the, disciple, on the con- conversion side, okay? Now, I want to give you a vision that a man told me in our church Wednesday night. And this, I thought this was so amazing um, that he did this without even knowing really what I was going to be preaching about. He, he came up to me and he told me that he was very sick. And most of you don't know him. He's, he's a new person. But he was very sick in his country. 
and he was ill and dying. And uh, he had a vision, and he went to heaven, and he got to the gates of heaven. Big, huge gates. He just asked me this Wednesday night, and he said, big, huge gates. And he said, I got there, and the angel said to me, where is your fruit? And that's what he did. Whoa. Because he didn't know what he meant. He didn't know what fruit. He didn't know what he was talking about. And the angel said, go, go, go and come back with fruit. And then you can come in. And Jesus said in his word that people will know who we are, who he is, by our what? Fruit. And so there has to be a change in my life. I can't just say I'm a Christian. I can't just say I believe in God because the demons believe in God. And they tremble at his word has to be something in my life that separates me now and shows that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And it's called fruit. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 28. Actually, right before we put it up, look at this real quick. Disciple. Okay? I want every person in this church to become a disciple. Not just a believer, but a disciple. And then we want to be one, and we want to what? Make one. Okay? We want to be one. And we want to make one. And that will make more sense by the time this is over. Let's look at Jesus' last words. How many know last words are important? Like if, you, if someone dies, they leave a last will and testament. And those last words are very important. Those are orders of what the, they want people to do after they're gone. Jesus gave his last words to the church. And we're going to read them. And we're going to see what he, he, what he, what he thought was important. Okay? Because today... Right before we read this, think about this. We have the gospel here today. The gospel exists in 2019 in the world. Thank God. But how many know that some things, sometimes things can be diluted as well? I think the gospel has been diluted. And it's, been, it's lost its power. But it's not because the power of the gospel has changed. It's because we're not transporting it correctly. Did you know that Coca-Cola is just about everywhere in the world? Anybody that has traveled will know that you can go even to the distant villages in different countries and you will find Coca-Cola. Do you know Coca-Cola did not spend a lot of money on marketing? Not that you don't see commercials. You see that. You know how Coca-Cola made it to the ends of the earth? People drank it and said, you ought to try this. And they, and they said, you got to try this. And they, maybe they gave them one for free and they tried it and they liked it. And it passed on and passed on and passed on until it's, it's, it's all over the world. There's no place I've ever been there hasn't been Coca-Cola. And that's exactly how the gospel went. The gospel spread through people saying, look what Jesus did in my life. Okay? Now watch this. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Okay, that's what we just did. They worshipped him. But I want to make an emphasis on these next three words. This is very important. What does it say? But some doubted. We're going to leave that there just for a second. But some doubted. Because we are in a process. Say, I'm in a process. Every one of us is in a process. Okay? But listen, this is important. How many know things have expiration dates? There's a process when you get saved that is called the milk stage. You get saved and you're drinking milk. Babies get off milk eventually. Amen. Have you ever seen a, a, a person that's, I have, it's crazy. Have you ever seen a five or six-year-old walking around with a pacifier? It's not a good look. It's not a normal look. It doesn't look right. Now picture an adult 
walking around with a pacifier or a bottle, okay, or, or diapers. Can you imagine if some of us here this morning walked into service, if we could see ourselves in the spirit and we had diapers on? That would look weird, wouldn't it? A lot of believers today have been saved for a long time. When I say saved, they've converted, they believe in Jesus, they, they believe the whole thing, they believe the story and all that, but they're still in diapers. And there's an expiration date to your process of milk. Milk expires. There's a time, church, when as believers we have to get off the milk and start eating meat. Meaning we've got to start growing. We've got to start changing. We've got to start uh, getting into the process. And, and there's so many things in life that show us. But I'm showing you here that, yes, there is a time that those disciples doubted. There are times when we, we, our, te- our faith is tested. But we've got to get past that. I think a lot of people are staying there in that place of doubt. We've got to get past that. And we've got to move on, okay? Because we have a job to do. Now watch as it continues. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Some doubted. 18. And Jesus came and spoke and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. There's the gospel. Go, therefore, and make converts of all nations. Make believers of all nations. Make people who are excited about the gospel of all nations. Make people who lift their hands of all nations. Make disciples disciples. We have to be disciples. And it says baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And watch this. Teaching them. There's the vision. Reach, teach, send. We have to teach and we have to be teachable. We have to learn what the Bible says. When that person asks, what is fruit? Fruit is what what comes off of a tree that, that is good that is the reason the tree exists. So I was telling someone after the first service, Jesus takes this serious, the gospel, because how many have ever invested in something or who would ever invest in something and not expect a return? You tell me someone in your, they're crazy. You tell me someone in their life who, who invested something. I'm not saying I didn't say give. I said invested something and did not expect something back. Jesus invested his life. Jesus invested his kingdom in us. And he expects something back. Is that crazy of him? No. That's normal. Anybody who goes and plants a tree is going to put seeds in the ground and expect a tree to grow. I mean, can you imagine at your house planting flowers or planting seeds for something and then never going back to see if they were growing? You, You planted them for a reason. And so this is the same thing that happens a lot of times in churches. The church is so, so caught up in, in what's just religion and just caught up in being part of the club and, and saying, well, I like the way that sounds, that I can be saved and go to heaven. That sounds good. But we don't become disciples. We don't like people to tell us what to do. We don't like that. We don't like that. People tell us what to do. But isn't it funny that everything about life is people telling us what to do? It's, you know, when people are in prison or jail, they, 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 the, the ones that are there say, no, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And then they spend the rest of their sentence with someone telling them when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when to eat, when to have fun, when to not have fun, and the rest of their life's like that. Our life is like that. Why can't we let Jesus tell us what to do? I don't have a problem with that because Jesus 
is the Lord. And he knows what he's doing. And, oh, back, put the verse back up, please. And I want to see, I want to be this. He says, no, we're still on Matthew 28, the last verse. Teaching them to observe all things. That's important. You know what that means? Not the things I like, not the things I don't like. See, we, we, we pick the gospel like, like, like uh, trill mix. I like that. I don't like that. I like that. I don't like this. We can't do that with the gospel. He says, he says, I want you to teach them to observe all things. See, that's one of the problems. Stay with me here. If you would just simply get to a place where you would just do what God says to do, you'd be amazed at how lucky you'd get. I have found in my life that the more I observe what God says to do and the more I just obey him, I find myself very, as the world would say, lucky. I find myself in the right place at the right time. I I find myself in God's hands and protection. I just seem to find that. I'm not saying I don't ever have problems. We do. But you get a long ways down the road by just listening and obeying. Am I talking to somebody here? Jesus just said, "I, I want you to observe all the things I've commanded you. And so observe means do. And he says, I'll be with you till the ends of the earth. Amen. It's the Great Commission. We were watching a movie the other night, good movie, true story about a military woman with a dog. Some of y'all might have said, I don't remember the name of it, but it doesn't matter. Ask later. But the idea was she's trained this military dog, and she gets into the military because she needs to get off the streets. A lot of people get saved, jailhouse religion. They need something from God. They need change. They need, they need to get off, off the, their problem. They, Jesus, I need you. And, and so they sign up, but it's like the military. When she signed up for that Marines, she did not. She probably didn't even know what she was doing signing up for the Marines. First of all, she probably thought that was, done. you know, I, I'll just take whatever. She signed up with the Marines, and they show in the picture, the movie, her getting off the bus, and they're yelling at her. She's on her phone. Get off that phone! And Get on, you know, get in line. And she's just like shook. I mean, she's just shook. And she's like, what are I thinking? What did I get myself into? And people and they're yelling at her and telling her what to do and, 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 and commanding her. And, you know, a lot of people enlist in the military, but not, not everybody stays. Right? Am I telling the truth? Not everybody stays in the, in the military. A lot of people get saved, but they don't stay. Because they don't walk the walk and they don't understand the sacrifice it takes. They don't understand what they, that God's expecting something back from us. Okay, y'all following me? Now, I want to give you one more picture. I want you to think about this. How many went to school? How many went to school past high school? Let me see your hands. Okay, you went to some college. I'm not going to ask who graduated. I know we've got some graduates. Maybe some of you didn't graduate. You did not get credit for going to college and you did not get a diploma for enrolling. Did you? You only get to go to school when you enroll, and you become part of the class, and you go to school. But you have to finish the work and finish the courses to get a degree. The picture that I want to show you is today a lot of people in church have, have enrolled with Jesus. But they don't want to go to class. They don't want to go to school. They don't want to, they don't want to listen. They don't want to te- be taught. They don't want to stay in the class. You have to be in that class. You have to stay in the course. Finish the course and get the diploma. Jesus said, he who endures till the end shall be saved. So it's not how we start, it's how we finish. So we have to be disciples. If you want to know what a disciple is, let me give you a simple definition this morning so we can go forward in this series. Simply is being a a pupil of Jesus. 
being a learner about who Jesus is, studying the life of Jesus. If you're not studying the life of Jesus, if you're not trying to be like Jesus, you're in the wrong place. And I'm not talking about in this church. I'm talking about in your walk. Everything that we are and everything that we do should be the study of who Jesus is and what Jesus wants us to do. That's what that last words was. I want you to go. I want you to preach my gospel. I want you to teach all these people what I've taught you, and I want you to multiply yourself. And just like Coca-Cola, we're going to take this to the ends of the earth. Okay? Everybody with me? So this is a huge problem today in the, in the church world because, you know, when I say church world, that's just the general church world around the world, is we have a lot of people who are, are kind of like, now we're thinking about school again. What, what, can you imagine a person going to school with the backpack and with the notebook and with the pen and going to classes but not being enrolled? How silly would that be? In the universities today, follow me on this. Some of you are going to get this and some of you are going to get this tomorrow. In the universities today, classes are big. Right? UNT is a big school. They're big classes. I could probably show up to one of those classes and sit in the back with my backpack, and the teacher wouldn't even know if I was a teacher, a student or not. They're so big. That, to me, today is a picture of the church. Lots of people are showing up to the class, to the service, but they're not enrolled. That leads me into point number one, if you'll write this down. This is a, this is a key of whether I'm a disciple or not, how I start to become a disciple. Number one, I have to have a life changing experience with Jesus Christ. I have to have a life changing experience with Jesus Christ. Me having a life changing experience with Jesus Christ is me getting enrolled. That's my enrollment. That's how I get my name on the list. If I go show up at UNT tomorrow to a class and I'm not enrolled, I'm, I'm wasting my time because I'm not on the list. I could even do really good. I could understand everything, and I could pass the tests, and I could even turn my thing in, and maybe the teacher would be like, who in the world is this? I mean, I could go to school. I could tell my parents I'm going to school, but I'm not going to get a diploma at the end because I'm not enrolled. It's a lot of people who want this God thing and this Jesus thing because it sounds good, but they're not enrolled, meaning they are not born again. The Bible, John said, Nicodemus came to him, and he was a very educated man. He said, he said Jesus, what do I got to do to be born again? He said, you must be born, or sorry, to be saved. He said, you must be born again. What does that mean? It means, he said, the first time you were born of water. Your mom's water broke. She had a baby. You were born into the flesh. But he says, now you need to be born again, meaning you have to spiritually be born again. It's got to start over. And how many are thankful that you are able to start over? Amen? Because when we were born into this flesh world, we were born into sin, we were born lost, we were born with no hope, but now the Bible says that I have a hope and I, I have forgiveness, and now I'm, I have a new life, and I have, I'm a new creation, and now I need to learn how to live a life that glorifies God. Watch this. Salvation is free. How many know that salvation is free? This is where we're getting into, being a disciple. What does this mean? Salvation is free. That means it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. You know, Colonel Sanders that started KFC was a womanizer. KFC is like Coke. It's everywhere in the world. Everywhere. I mean, it's expanded all over the world. I, every country that I've been has KFC, chicken. Colonel Sanders would be so happy to see how far his KFC has gone today, how big it's gotten. He was told no a thousand times before he got the yes to start KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. But he was a womanizer. He was lost. 
But later on in his days, when he became successful, he got saved. He was born again, and he got saved and gave his life to the Lord. But his money is not what gave him salvation. There are people out there today who are dirt poor. They may be homeless. They have nothing, not a dime to their name. And it doesn't matter. They can be saved. Salvation is free. But watch this. But discipleship will cost you everything. Salvation is free. But discipleship will cost you everything. Did you all pay attention to Jesse's uh, verse at the prayer? He who saves his life will lose it. He who loses his life will find it. It's a totally different thought than the world's thought, isn't it? So Jesus is not expecting us to pay for anything to be part of it, to be enrolled. Enrollment is free. But the mentality of a lot of people today is, well, I'm, I'm saved. Jesus loves me and he saved me by grace and I'm going to heaven. But where's discipleship? Where's discipleship? I did not in any point in this message here say that we're saved by anything we do. Salvation is free. But discipleship has a cost. Think about this. Being a disciple isn't about making the right choice once a day or once a week or, 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 or anything like that. It's about doing what's right once and for all. It's a, it's, it's a forever thing. It's, a, it's I'm all in thing. It's not enlisting in to, to get benefits out. See, a lot of people today, don't a lot of people go into the military because they want benefits? Are y'all still here? Don't a lot of people sign up for the military, but they don't really want to go to war? Isn't the military, we have military people here, isn't the military made for, to go to war, to fight, to protect? To, that's what it's for. It, it, doesn't, it, it wasn't made for benefits. Benefits are something you get from enlisting and from serving. We have some benefits that are going to be waiting for us in heaven. But listen, church, Christians have a war. We have a war in our lives that we have to be a part of. It's a spiritual war, and we need to sign up and understand salvation is free, but discipleship has a cost. Number two, I'm giving you just three things this morning. Number two, three things that will help you know if, if you can start to be a disciple. The first one is that you have a life-changing experience. And, and, and let me say something on that that I forgot to say. I personally know, I have no doubt in my mind the day I got saved. I have no doubt. I know when it was. I know the hour. I know the moment. I know the place. October 4th of 1992 at 9.38 p.m. in a, in a revival service. I, I have, that's, it was a life-changing experience for me. 27 years ago in October, it will be 27 years since my life was changed, totally. I'm not making this a doctrine, but I'm just saying, if you don't remember the time and the place that you got saved, I'm not saying you didn't get saved, I would just question your life-changing experience. We should remember. When you have a life-changing experience, don't you remember it? I believe that you should remember the time and the place that you got saved. And, and if you're not sure, because you might have not really knew what you were doing, you can renew that. Thank God. Amen. Could it be possible, just stay with me, could it be possible today that there's a lot of people in the world that claim to be Christians that have never been born again? Could that be possible? Sure it could. Sure it could. A life-changing experience. Because when you meet Jesus, things change. 
You're never going to be the same again. You're never going to look at the world the same again. I didn't say you became perfect, but you are going to remember that day because it changed your life. Okay? So that life-changing experience leads you into this. Number two, a simple willingness to obey the Word of God. Simple willingness to obey the Word of God. You know how the disciples got the gospel to us today? They just did what he said. You know what we do so many times? We go, I don't think that's the way I would do it. I know nobody in here does that. We're all perfect and we do everything exactly the way people tell us. When something's not broke, don't fix it. The disciples just listened and they just said, Jesus told us. Remember, Jesus told us to do as he said. And some people along the way were going, no, but he didn't say that, or he said this, or we should do this, or we did. And, Jesus, and the, those disciples that got the gospel to us said, no, Jesus said this way, and this is the way I'm going to do it, and that's how the gospel got here. We need to get back to just simply obeying the word of God. Doesn't matter what the fads say. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what modern religion says. Let's just look at what the Bible says and simply obey. I know I probably have the wrong hand up. Just obey. Right? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, Lord. We are enlisted in the army of the Lord this morning. And it's serious. It's forever. It's eternal. It's, this, is, this is life's hanging in the balance. We're enlisted, and we've got to take that serious this morning. Amen. Number three, last one, the power of the Holy Spirit. They had the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to leave. He trained them for three years. He did all those miracles. He says, God in the flesh. He said, I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm going to go. Comforter's going to come. It was Jesus in the Spirit. It was God in the Spirit. I'm going away, but I'm leaving you the Spirit. How many are thankful he left us something? What we have today, right now, what we feel in this service, when we were singing and we were saying, no, no, uh, uh, great I am, that song, when we're singing it and, and something's inside of our spirit, that's the spirit of God that's in this place this morning. That's on the earth and it's God in the spirit. He's here. That's what changed their lives. They took the spirit, they took obedience, and they took a life that had been changed. You might need to ask yourself, if I'm not multiplying, if I'm not touching other people, maybe it's because I haven't had a life-changing experience. Maybe it's because I'm not, not depending on the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's because I'm not obeying the Word of God. Those are three areas in your life you need to check. I need to check. Because I'm telling you, here's the recipe. If I will, if I will just obey God's Word... And let the Holy Spirit work through me and tell people what Jesus has done for me, I will bear fruit. Can I say that again? Did you catch that? Wasn't that hard, was it? How did Coca-Cola get to the ends of the earth? Man, I tasted this drink. It was really good. You want to try it? You should try it. It's really good. Because they had never tasted it before. I don't care what your thought is on Coke or Pepsi. That's not the point this morning. But the point is Coke got to the ends of the earth because people word of mouth. The reason we're not spreading the gospel today is because we're more passionate about other things. And we talked about that, was that last Sunday? You remember that first point, I think that's the one I got stuck on? Is you're going to talk, when you meet someone, you're going to talk, you're going to find out what their passions are in the first five minutes. Is Jesus coming out of your life? Is Jesus coming out of your mouth? If that person really liked Coca-Cola, like, man, have you tried Coke? Not that Coke, the other Coke. Is that spread too, right? Have you tried Coca-Cola? 
Have you tried Coca-Cola? No, I haven't. Man, you got to try it. Oh, wow. That's what we need to do. Have you tried Jesus? Have, have you heard about Jesus? Do you, see, we assume that everybody knows about Jesus. Do you know there's a lot of people that they, they might have heard his name. They don't know who he is. And the problem is, is can you imagine me going around trying to tell people about Coca-Cola if I never tried it? Am I going to be a good salesman for Coca-Cola if I've never tasted it? Like, oh, is it good? I don't know. I just, they just told me to tell you about it. Right? How many people today, how many people today are spreading Jesus and they don't know who he is? They don't really know. They haven't had an encounter with him themselves. And so they're trying to sell something they don't even believe in. Because, we, because we're, we're in the class, but we're not enrolled. We're, we're just going through the motions. I know this is strong teaching, church, but this is what we need. We need to be discipled. We need someone in our lives that will tell us, as that man said, what is fruit? Someone needs to explain what is fruit. What is fruit? How can I get into heaven? I, I need fruit to get into heaven. Salvation is free. But discipleship has a cost. Let me end with this. I'm going to go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. We're going to be in this for a few weeks, and it's going to be good. Amen? Because I, I, I want every single one of us in this place to be a disciple. Not just, not just a believer. You know why that's so important that we're not just believers? The Bible says that the demons believe and tremble at his word. It's not enough just to say, I believe we need to be disciples. Watch this. Here's the biggest problem, I believe, the biggest problem of the reason why we're not being discipled and why, the, why discipleship is not changing the world, why the true gospel is not changing the world. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Do you not know that friendship with the world <clears throat> is enmity with God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Leave that up there for a second. I, I want us to understand this is a problem in the church today. The church is worldly. Am I talking about us here specifically? I'm talking about the church in the world. And when you hear, have you ever heard somebody say, that person's worldly or don't be worldly? Or maybe we don't hear that anymore because that's not really popular today. I grew up hearing that, worldly. What is it trying to say? I can't be a friend of the world. doesn't mean I'm not in the world, but I can't be a friend of the world and love God. Watch this. It says, anybody who is a friend with the world is, has enmity with God. Listen to what the definition of enmity is. The state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. So when I am a, a, a friend of the world, I am actively opposed to God. We talked in discipleship about how, how, like James says in another part of the chapter, how can fresh water and salt water come out of the same fountain? Can't be that way. But, but the reason discipleship is lacking is because no one wants to get in someone else's face because this is the problem. I said, listen, I, I, I love you, and I want to tell you that I'm seeing something in your life, and this is not for you specifically, but I'll look at someone else too. I, I see something in your life that's causing a problem, and it's, it, it can affect you down the road, and then be willing for you to tell me if I have a problem in my life that you'll tell me back, and we hold each other accountable. 
Like, I want you to tell me that if, if, I'm, if I'm living wrong. But we don't do that anymore because we just all show up at church, high five, and say, hey, we'll see you in heaven. But we, we're, not, we're not doing it. We're not living the life. We're not, li- we're not living it. And you see too many carnal Christians who love the world. And, and I've, been, I've been saying this for a long time. Don't, just for me, please, if you're not going to live it, don't post it. If you're not going to live it, don't post it. If you're, you're going to come to this church and you're going to claim that you love Jesus and you're not going to live it, just don't post stuff. Don't, don't say you come here. Amen. Because we want to be real. Not better, just real. Like I, I, I see people that I know, not, and I'm not even talking about from this church, other people from other, other places, and I'll, I'll see them post one day, man, message was this, really touched me, blah, blah, blah. And then a week later, what's some good drinking games? How's that coming out the same post or the same person? How how does that work? They'll go, well, I'm in the process. Okay, I understand that. But if you're in the process, don't post that stuff, please. Because you're going to be a stumbling block to somebody. People are watching. Why is the world so messed up today? Because the church is not being the example that God called us to be. What's the difference between us and the world? Am I telling the truth? What's the difference? The bottom line is, as I close, and, and, and that thing says, disciple, be one, make one, is I've got to live a life that makes somebody else want what I have. And listen, this isn't about, you know, you or me. This is about what God expects. Because when we go to stand before him one day, he's going to ask, what did you do with what I gave you? Okay, what did you do with what I gave you? Now, the most awesome thing about the gospel is his mercy. That he's, he weighs the intentions of the heart. He's looking inside our hearts, and, and he's <clears throat> seeing what our desires are. Some people are playing it. Some people are trying. And the good thing is God knows the difference. But don't play. Just do one or the other. And I can say this, and I'm not, listen, I'm, none of this stuff I'm saying is because I've arrived or made it or better. But I can tell you this, one thing, I, 27 years ago when I got saved and I had that life-changing experience, I had played God before. Not even knowing the difference. I didn't have discipleship in my life in my teenage years. I didn't have anybody speaking into my life to tell me that the things that I were doing, not only were they wrong, but they were going to have eternal consequences. No one spoke that stuff to me in my life. But when I got saved, I made the decision. I am not going to be that person who's going to play games with God and say I love God and say I'm a Christian and not live it. I'm going to be either hot or I'm going to be cold. And I'll, tell, I'll say that today. If I ever get to the place where I'm not going to be hot for God, I'm just going to go out to the world because I'm not going to confuse the church. Are y'all hearing, are y'all hearing me? Be one or be the other. Come out of that world. Be different can't play the fence. You can't play both. you got to be one or the other. A friend of the world is enmity with God. Okay? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's dealing with us this morning, teaching us this morning, calling us to be different. Lord, you, you invested your life in us and you're looking for a church this morning, a people who will give back of their lives 
Your word says we cannot just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers as well. We can't be like that person who goes and looks in the mirror and walks away and forgets what we look like. Father, I want accountability in my life. I want someone to speak truth into my life. I want someone to tell me if I'm getting off the path, if my life is not glorifying your name, I don't want to be a stumbling block to people. I want people to come to Christ because of the Christ that's in me. Jesus, help us this morning. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place, how many in this place would be honest with God? Say, I have not been born again. There's not going to be any church membership cards in heaven. There's not going to be anybody in heaven uh, saying, did you come from Victor Old Outreach? Did you come from the First Baptist? Did you come from the Methodist? Or He's not going to say that. It's all going to be about being born again. Is your name in the book? The way your name's in the book is when you are born again by saying, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you lived a perfect life, took my place as a sinner. And then you rose from the dead and defeated death because you're the only one who's ever done that. Because after I die, I have to face eternity. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe because of that I'm saved. Not by anything else I could do except believe and receive. How many have never done that before? How many would say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me this morning. I need Jesus. I need to be born again. Would you just lift your hand? All over this place, that's me. I need Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've said that prayer before. But today you're struggling. Today you're, you're, in, you're in the class, but you're not enrolled. Today you're going through the motions. You know what's right. You love God. But you're not walking the way God wants you to walk. Maybe you've become friends with the world again. How many would say, that's me, Pastor. Would you just pray for me this morning? Nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. I'm not even looking around. Amen. I have my eyes closed. If you raised your hand, God sees it. Because God's looking at hearts this morning. God wants to change you and transform you. And he wants to make you a new creation. And he wants you to multiply. Father, I thank you for your spirit this morning that's in this place. That's moving in our lives thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. I thank you for while I was still a sinner, you died for me. And I put my faith in you, Lord, and it's not about anything I could do in my own power, but I just accept you for who you are. But what I want my life to be a witness. I want my life to be an example. I don't want to be a friend of the world. I don't want to be enmity with you, Father. I don't want to be opposed to you. I don't want to worship you with my lips and have my heart far from you. As we stand this morning and we stay in reverence to God, would you, I want to just open up the altar in a moment for prayer. The presence of the Lord is here. God is in this place. He's working on our hearts. He's dealing with us. The Bible says in Matthew 15, 8, if you don't think what I'm talking about is true, and as I started off at that very beginning about being in a worship service and how many of those people really know Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, these people 
honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's what we don't want to be. That's what we don't want to be. That we would honor him with our lips, lip service. Don't we know what lip service is? We know what lip service is. We know what it's like for someone to say, I love you, or I'll do this, or I'll do that, and they don't do it. It's lip service. It don't mean nothing. It's just words. What do you think God feels when he looks down on us and says, that's lip service. Show me you mean that. You tell me you love me, show me you love me. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Right before we open up the altar, I want to I leave you with this thought, and I want everybody to look at me for a second. And I'm going to say this kind of throughout this series to remind us how important it is that we be one and make one. At least one. At least one. Okay, first we've got to be one, though. I've got to have tried Coca-Cola if I'm going to try to sell it. I, I got to know who Jesus is. I got to believe. I got to, I got to have a, a life changed. I got to have faith. I got to know I'm, I'm working on those things we talked about. And then I'm going to make one. I'm going to, I'm going to tell somebody else about Jesus. Here's why. How many of you have ever heard the parable of the talents? It's a, most people read that and they go, oh, that sounds cool. It's a very sobering parable. Because it's five, two, and one. He says, I gave to one five, and I went back and I said, how many more do you have? He said, I have five more. Notice the word more. I have five more. He went to the other one. He said, I gave you two. He said, you gave me two? Here's two more. Then he went to the one. He said, how many more do you have? He says, I don't have any more. I just kept the one you gave me. He said, that one is an unprofitable servant. He says, send him out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Church, we have to multiply ourselves. We must make disciples. We cannot, you know, sometimes, a lot of, a lot of times, the songs we used to sing, old songs that we don't sing anymore because we're so program, programized in church nowadays. I, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. We need to get back to teaching those things in our, in our Sunday schools because those simple little verses is what it's about. We cannot take his salvation that is so awesome and hold it to ourselves. We will be held accountable for that. Are you listening to me? Don't let your flesh rise up on me. We will be held accountable. I don't have any other way to take that parable than I must multiply myself. And somebody are gonna, some of you are going to say, well, I'm shy, and I'm this, and I don't have a talent, and I can't talk to people. And I, that he, he said, we must make disciples. Here's the good part. We're not the Holy Spirit. We don't change people. But you must sow seeds. I want you to grab your hand like this. I want you to clench your fist together like this. I want you to stick your arm out, and I want you to open your hand. Everybody in here did that. Was that hard? That's all you have to do to pass a tract to somebody. Pass a seed. The work's already been done. There's tracts out there on that table. Take a Jesus card that has a salvation plan on it. When you go to eat lunch, when you go to the store, when you, when you go places, hand it to them. 
The other day at Home Depot, I took a picture and sent it to our ministry team. I, I passed a flyer out, a, a track to the lady, and I went out to the truck, and I looked back, and she was reading it. That's a seed. I can't change that woman, but I did my part by giving her the track. We have to multiply ourselves. And the question is, are you trying? And if you're not, you need to question, are you in love with Jesus? Because if you love Jesus, you're going to tell people about him. Because you're going to want other people to have what you have. But if we haven't had a life-changing experience, then we're not passionate about it. We're more passionate about the movie we saw. We're more passionate about the game we played. We're more passionate about something else. I'm not saying that in a mean way. It's just the truth. You're going to talk about what you're passionate about. As we open up this altar and begin to sing this song, let's find a place this morning. Let's ask ourselves, am I a disciple? You can pray at your chair. You can pray at the altar. You can do whatever you want. But, but talk to God. Say, Lord, where am I at in this discipleship thing? I want to be a disciple. I don't want to stay on milk. I want to get off the milk and get on to meat, God. I want to begin to multiply myself. I want to begin to see myself in others. I want to see others watching my life and living a life that's glorifying you, that my works would glorify you. As we sing this morning, let's take some time and let's let this message get into our spirits. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.